What's up, podcast? This is another Yak Pipeline Q&A. These questions come from my academy. If you want to join my academy, you can do that at richandniche.com slash academy. We have nine live classes a month, three lectures, six labs, and we have a whole lot of other um, extras, bonuses, important elements that are going to help you succeed in your digital marketing career. So check it out. I really believe the Academy is a great place to foster a strong community that's going to support you in your endeavors as we all aspire to that remote life, that future-proof career, that rich and niche lifestyle design. So check it out and enjoy this episode. Hey, Rich and Academy. Um, I had a quick question. What tool do you guys use to... Um, communicate with your clients so whatever tool you use to like message them or maybe even call them I know zoom is one of the main things that I've been using but as far as communicating through messaging um I need I guess I need a better tool than maybe d instagram dms and email so I'm just trying to see what other tools are out there to communicate with your clients Hey, that's a great question by Taylor. What tools do you use to communicate with your clients? Well, first you got to feel out the client and see what kind of relationship they want. Do they want to be really hands-on? Are they not going to be hands-on? Do you have to check in with them a lot? It depends on the work. It depends on the style of relationship. So check that first. Now, obviously email is the basic, the default, but it's one of the worst. It's hard to find things. It's hard to have a conversation. So what's natural is you get them to open a Slack channel and invite you and you tell them how valuable Slack is and that they can use it with other people in their team and that it's free to get started. I mostly use free accounts and I never have a problem with it. I just did this the other day. I opened up a Zoom call and I talked with a client and I said, here are the expectations of how to communicate. And it's like, here's Slack and here's what's great about it and here's how to use it. And I always say it's like text and images and file sharing um, and those are all valuable. Now I also tell them if you wanna go a step further and you wanna have conversations without constantly having meetings, you should check out this app called Yak Chat, this app here. And uh, it's going to be booming. I really believe that audio communication is the future, not video communication. I, after having over a thousand Zoom calls in the last 18 months, I actually don't find myself looking at people's faces anymore. I, I'm actually looking in the camera so that I can look, you know, like I'm paying attention and that I can, you know, be engaged. And secondly, I'm not really worried what they look like or if they have a camera. It's like I want to hear what they have to say. What's the idea and communicate back and forth in real time? I think face is dramatically overlooked and I, I don't think it makes sense in a work from home environment to make people feel self-conscious about cameras. And even I may have made that mistake in our community before, but it's a little different. Community is a little different than your client, right? So just a bit of a nuanced difference there. But yeah, I think Slack and Yak. Um, you know, I get my clients on Notion when it's appropriate. That's a little bit more intermediate. Not everyone should do that because you can actually communicate inside of Notion or inside of Miro. These collaborative tools allow for that as well. Hope that gets you going. Slack is number one. Um, good luck.
Hey Rich, I want to reach out to you because I think that this would be helpful for the rest of the community. But basically, my question is, is I'm wondering where to put my tripwire um, in my funnel. So right now, at the current moment, I have a $497 product. I have a $997 product. Uh, I have a uh, one-time offer if they buy my tripwire. Uh, at $297 and my tripwire is $47. So in the customer journey, where do you how do you introduce that tripwire to them? Is it through emails um, as well? Um, do you put it in the uh, do you put it in the lead magnet? Kind of curious where in the customer journey that you put it or you would recommend. Hey, I just want to respond to Kevin's question about tripwires. It's a tough question, you know. I mean the tripwire it's designed to get that first sale. It's designed to be extremely high value. It's designed to be low cost, low barrier, low entry point, low risk. You're free to offer the lead magnet at the moment they sign up on email opt-in because that is when they're indicating they're warm. You can go after them right there because they have a attention on your work. You can show them a video right after they opt in on their email and, and tell them that the email will be there shortly, but please watch this. You can start an automated email campaign after they opt in, either on day one, day two, or it can be a series that builds up to it into what we call a deadline funnel, where that person is triggering their own funnel timeline and they will have a certain opportunity to buy at a lower price. Um, you know, and then you can have tripwires retargeted on Facebook ads. You can, um, with you're using Kartra, you can retarget people on pages, right? So let's say someone logs into your, your let's say someone opts in to your free, free freebie. Um, after they opt in, you could see if they've purchased your main product before. If so, send them to thank you page. If not, send them to offer page. You know, this is getting into some more advanced funnel design. Um, the tripwire is important, but it's not the most important. The lead magnet and the main offer are more important that you validate those. You validate those by getting opt-ins and people signing up to your list. You validate your bigger product with actual sales from people on your list or people you're attracting. And then somewhere in the middle, you're adding in a tripwire. But the tripwire is not necessary, so you don't want to overthink it, and and you don't want to confuse them as well. Be very, very cautious. A tripwire is good, but you may, in fact, you know, find it works fine without it. You know, and and a lot of times too, the tripwire could be lower priced, and then there can be an upsell into the core offer right away. You know, and this is all sort of intermediate to advanced. Uh, digital marketing automation, but it is what you're working to. But the bottom line is you got to test as you go, right? You don't know the right answer. And um, I think you just got to give it a shot, get some data, see if it works. I tried a tripwire recently. It was moderate. It was very moderate. Anyone who signed up for my free classes could get a discount on full stack Facebook ads. Um, and some people took it. But my analysis is that when people sign up for free stuff, they're not about to pay for something. That's why they signed up for something free. Um, yes, it works sometimes, but that's just not the mindset of so many people, right? The mindset of people is not to be scrolling Facebook and Instagram and then suddenly buying something. It's very hard. 
Um, that's why we have email automation. That's why we have scarcity. That's why we have build up and copywriting and retargeting and all these different things because we need to get the right message to the right person at the right time. And I'm not so sure selling them something right away is the right idea unless it's extremely cheap. I'm saying under $20 for sure. Um, other than that, you know, I might consider more of an email-based path, give them a bit of time, right? Because if you give them something for free, don't you want them to use it and enjoy it? Like, could you imagine you go to the video game store and, you know, they've got like this free system for you to try and you can, you can take home the new Nintendo Switch Turbo. It's free. Um, and, and, and before you even play it, they're selling you like all these games and you don't even know if you like it yet. So I think you got to think about reality and the practicality of buying things and shopping. And that's why I like retargeting. That's why I like emails. Um, you know, and I think that those allow you a more honest, authentic sales path. I don't think this is a great answer, but I think this is a tough question because it really depends on what you're offering and to the type of market it is. So test it out. Don't overthink the tripwire. Focus more on the lead magnet. Get as many leads as possible for as cheap as possible. You can always adjust the tripwire to that. If your lead magnet's not working, you got a lot more uphill to go. Hey everyone, it's uh, Dana here. Um, this question I like to ask you all um, is a three-part question. Um, as you guys know from last night, um, when I introduced myself, my, um, my uh, goal is to create a personal brand that incorporates copywriting and digital marketing along with my um, healing uh, metaphysical side of the work that I do to help uh, other solopreneurs and uh, entrepreneurs are doing similar work out in the world. Um, so my question has to do with blogging. I have been thinking about creating a blog um, that um, will connect to my healing work that I do. Um, and also I know that I need to create a blog for my copywriting. Um, so where I'm at today is I do have two different websites. One is my copywriting website. The other one is my healing uh, website. And I have been thinking about lately about creating a separate blog site where I could just write whatever I want, but probably mainly what I know best. Um, and I'm not sure if this is, the way to go at the moment. I thought about creating the separate site because I know eventually I'll get to the point of um, creating a whole new personal brand. Um, so is this the right choice? Do I create a separate blog site that could link to my copywriting uh, website and to my healing website? Or do I just create a blog that is already on my two websites for each website. I hope that makes sense. Um, I'm not really sure of the right way to go. I don't want to create more work for myself. Um, but initially, my thoughts were to create a separate blog site 
where I can just write and have them linked to both my websites. Sorry, I'm repeating myself. I just wanted to put it out there and see uh, what you guys think. Thanks so much. Practically speaking about Dana's question regarding blogging, it's essential to remember that the reason you start a blog is one of two things. One, you want SEO traffic. You want to rank your post in Google or some other search engine, and you want people to find you. The other is to bring trust, to enhance the experience of your website, to increase your authority or at least your perceived authority. Um, So those are all good reasons to blog, and those are still valid. You don't want to get overwhelmed, though, and you mentioned a lot of different elements. So straight to the point, because copywriting is such a competitive niche, I would prefer you blog on the domain where your healing website is. That is going to give you the most impact in the near term and the long term. It's not easy to rank any blog posts in the copywriting world because you can teach copywriting or you can sell copywriting and they're very different things with a very different market and it's difficult. Whereas in healing, I think you can teach a lot of different things and then sell the service alongside of that. So that's what I would say you should do. I do not think you should start another blog and then link to that. That is three separate assets, all getting like 33, 33, 33%. To be frank, you really ought to do just one thing until you hit your economic goals. It's, it's like you only have so much time. You only have so much energy. And it's pretty common that people split themselves quite a bit. And then you don't get the compound effects. You may just want to do copywriting for now and not even blog and focus on selling and earning. And then upon reaching your goals, start a second project without too much pressure. To start two projects at the same time is setting yourself up for drilling too shallow, for not putting enough time in either one, for not becoming an absolute master. Now, if you love both, do both. I don't care. Do them. But you got to give them good efforts. And blogging is not just this one day thing, right? It's quite an effort to keep going, keep it up. So I try to think about it practically. If I'm to blog, it means I really care about that business. I really believe I can drive people But to be frank, it's 2020 and blogging for SEO is losing value every single month. It's still good in terms of brand perception, but things like YouTube are still going up in terms of connecting with people and actually finding people who are kind of interested a little bit more in some of these areas. Blog posts are good but I don't believe them to be as good as a platform like YouTube. Both are massive search engines. Both can provide tons of awareness. And I think someone who's just honest, authentic, and good just does really well on YouTube. YouTube has a good way of assessing who is good because the real humans are watching. In SEO, there's a lot more gamesmanship in terms of backlinking It's kind of gray area, but 
you are competing against sites that are like media hubs, like a Wikipedia, like a New York Times, like a HubSpot, like a, you know, tons of these bigger companies. So blogging is difficult. I don't want to sugarcoat that. The more niche you are, the easier it becomes. Okay, but it's also one of these activities that's free. And as I often say, when something's free, you should try it. Nobody can tell you what you're going to rank in Google. Nobody can tell you which post is going to resonate. What I can tell you is that people who blog consistently get more feedback from their audience, get to test things easier, have a clear access to their audience than if not. And I think those are all really positive things. But again, I'd prefer an all-in effort. And I think it's most aligned with your healing business, with your copywriting business. You may ought to focus on reaching out to select companies and rewriting their copy and getting their attention and just getting a few more big clients. That's how I look at this situation. I think that's what I would be doing. Everything here was up for debate. You know, it's really sort of where you can apply the resources and the time and the commitment. And also, you know, what is your feeling about each of your business ideas? Which one do you really believe in? Because maybe then, even if it's, if it's copywriting, even if it's difficult, like I said at the beginning, that may still be the long-term decision. I mean, there's no point of blogging into something if you're just going to give it up in six months. Blogging is a long-term marketing activity that serves awareness, engagement, and subscription. It's a very valuable activity. Uh, it is time-consuming. So one of the things that you can do to really get impact that I should mention is if you do get into the YouTube videos, transcribe the videos, and turn those blog posts into these like transcription posts where the video is there, and right below you just get to copy-paste the transcript you get all of that SEO keyword value, people will still probably watch the video. So you can even put that text in like a toggle, like a frequently asked question style toggle. It's not even there. It says like toggle to reveal transcript or something like that. You can even give the transcript in a PDF. Like there's so much value to starting with video and then moving into articles. Um, it might even be an easier way to create. Like there is nothing wrong with speaking to the camera and just giving your best opinion about something, keep it short, keep it on topic, give it a good keyword, answer a real question, and then just turning that into a blog post, like I said, with the transcription. Many of you may find that is your preferred content creation method, and others will find that they love to spend lots of time researching their articles, lots of links, lots of images. There's two different pathways when you get into content marketing. You can go the high quality path or the high efficiency path. High efficiency, you start with a video and you break everything out from there. High quality, you write the perfect article and then you make video assets that represent that high quality article. Everything's a bit more high quality, takes a lot more time. So that's a little bit of an aside on content marketing in case all of you are wondering. I'm also wondering if you guys even like the Yak Pipeline. So leave a question or leave a comment about the Yak Pipeline, how you find it. Are you still listening? Do you listen to everything? I'd love to hear from you guys in the Yak Pipeline. Uh, have a great day, everyone. Hope you like this episode, guys. If you're interested in the Rich and Niche Academy membership, go on over to richandniche.com slash academy. 
got a video on that page explains what it's all about. It's really an incubator for freelance marketers and freelancers in general. We have all of the great learning and executional components you need to really make progress with your goals. So check it out, richanish.com slash academy. Love to see you inside. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and uh, visit us on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, everywhere else on the internet, basically. Uh, Rich and Niche is becoming omnipresent, and uh, we have a lot to accomplish in the near future. So we'll see you next time.